we're going to get into it and share all about pricing your subscription. But first, before we get there, we should introduce me and Amelia for people who are maybe new or who just need a refresh on what descriptions for authors community is all about. So Amelia, do you want to share with everyone a little bit about you? I'm going first. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I'm Amelia Rose. I write steamy romance um, as a full-time author. Uh, I started my business pretty much through subscriptions, and that's my main business model at the moment. And I'm kind of toying with a bunch of different types of subscriptions, like early access and book boxes and audio subscriptions right now. Um, but yeah, so that's me. <laughs> in a nutshell i love it yes and for those who don't know i guess you've been doing subscriptions for a while years and had multiple subscriptions too yes. and i think we'll be able to share some of what you've learned from very yes. hard-earned experience about subscription pricing for me i started publishing as an indie author in 2017 i've published 12 sci-fi novels and have been now doing the subscriptions for authors for like we're closing in on a year that we've actually been running this community, which is wild. So some of you wow. have been with us for almost a year, which is really cool. And this is actually our seventh, I believe, um, fireside chat. And we do this every month, which we're really excited to do, keep doing these. And I think we've had a new topic every month and we'll, we'll try and keep that record going. But um, I'm a college student right now. I go to Harvard and I've written a few nonfiction books for authors in the last couple of months. One of them's a subscription starter guide. It's called Subscriptions for Authors Starter Guide. And another one is called Creator Economy for Authors. And I think we'll make sure the links are in the, the chat on that at some point. We'll make sure you all have it. Some of you may have already read it, but that's a little bit about us. We have a podcast. We have our website, which you can go to and check out a ton of free resources to help you grow your subscription. But now I want to talk about our goals for today. What we're going to be covering and for anyone new who like just came in don't worry if you just popped in we are recording this so you'll be able to go back and see a little bit of what you missed but all the good stuff still to come and we have our three goals today so what we want to do is understand just subscription pricing in general and how pricing a subscription is different from subscribe uh, from pricing a normal book you know we are probably used to on amazon we can price our books between 2.99 and 9.99 and still get that 70% royalty rate. In subscriptions, there's authors who are pricing tiers as high as $150. Some price their tiers as low as $1. And that that's almost an intimidating range. So we're gonna start to unpack that and start to share a little bit about how certain authors price their subscriptions in different ways. Another thing we'll talk about is how should you price your subscription? And we'll be sharing an early look at a subscription pricing calculator that we've actually developed in partnership with some of y'all in the community. Um, special thanks to Sharon Coleman, who I don't, I don't know if you're here, Sharon, but you'll, you'll probably listen to this. So anyways, we're going to get into all of that. So let's just start with our first goal, which is understanding how subscription pricing is different from pricing a book. And ultimately this comes down to understanding what makes a subscription and the value you provide your reader different from a book. So we're just going to start off with a few definitions. Kind of boring, but also kind of important, really important, just to understand the foundation of this, which for some of you who are coming in and or might be still like, what is a subscription? Like, what are we talking about? Like, I subscribe to 
my telephone bill. Oh, I skipped a slide. Whoopsies. <laughs> you might subscribe to your telephone bill. You've probably subscribed to things like Netflix. Um, you probably subscribe to a lot of things, even like your water bill utility is somewhat of a subscription. But when a reader subscribes to you, this is in this context, we're talking about a payment directly from a reader to an author for content or other agreed upon value. So some common subscription services, sites that people probably have heard of are Patreon, Ream, which full disclosure, me, me and Amelia are co-founders in Ream, and we'll talk about more of that later. But there's also places like Ko-Fi, Buy Me a Coffee. Those are common sites creators use to accept subscription payment. And a lot of times these are monthly. These also could be annual subscriptions to a creator. So it really, it depends. And the key thing is that this is directly for one creator and their content, or maybe a group, like a collaboration of creators. It's not paying for something like Kindle Unlimited, where it's like a mass pool of content. Kindle Unlimited still is a subscription, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about subscriptions where you have control. You can build a direct relationship with your audience, and you could ultimately set the pricing, which is why we're doing a whole um, webinar today on pricing. And then a tier, I'll let Amelia share what that is, and maybe share some of what she does and some of her tiers. Yeah, so a tier is basically the reward or like offer that your reader is getting when they subscribe to a specific tier or, or a specific price point. Um, so basically a lot of people do like an early access model in subscriptions and that's when people might subscribe at your lowest tier and you might give them, you might write a chapter a week of a specific story for them. Some other people do um, book boxes. That's something I've been kind of like toying with um, where they pay a, where people pay me kind of like a, a higher price. So mine are priced at $50 a month and they will get a book box every single month. Um, other authors set up their tiers where people have to be subscribed for multiple, month, multiple months in a row um, before they get that reward. And it's kind of clear when you sign up as a reader, hey, I have to be in this specific tier for two, three months, maybe even a year before it actually comes into effect and I get that reward. Um, yeah, that's uh, the basic overview of what a tier is. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. And the really key concept I want everyone to kind of take home about a tier is that you can price each tier very drastically different and provide different value to your audience in each tier so that unlike a book that has one price for the ebook and maybe one price for the audiobook format, when you're developing a subscription, you can price it at different kind of willingness or ability for your audience to pay. It's kind of like going to a concert, for instance. You have the VIP backstage tickets, which most people aren't the VIP people in the backstage paying hundreds of dollars to go to a conference, a concert. Some people do, and that might be your readers who are paying for this really expensive tier that gets them that all-inclusive VIP experience. Then you might have people who are more in, you know, the mosh pit, and you keep going up and up and up, packing in that stadium, right? And ultimately, all of these different seats give you a shared experience, a shared community of being a part of the music, part of the concert, which in your case as an author is getting a shared experience of your world and your stories, but also the experiences are slightly different. Like it probably is more fun being next to the stage or that's debatable. It could be really loud than being up in the nosebleeds. 
So you kind of get that maybe weird metaphor, but it's one of the only metaphors that I think really I can come up with here that maybe could stick for us as artists because, you know, in music, there's royalties on the records that you sell, which nowadays is pretty limited. And there's also subscription in the form of a Spotify where you pay all in one inclusive price to get access to as many songs as you want. But in order to make a living doing that as a musician, you have to get usually tens of millions of streams a month to like be able to make a living, certainly millions. And as an author, to make a living in a similar subscription program called Skin Unlimited, we have to get millions of page reads a month. There's nothing wrong with that. But subscriptions direct from a reader to an author is really an additional revenue stream on top of that. It's not eating away at KU. It's a totally different thing that you can capitalize on and ultimately provide an experience for your super fans, which kind of comes back to what a subscriber is. It's someone who's paying you for certain benefits, either on a monthly or annual basis, and they could pay for things that range from early access to your latest novels, which is a common one. They could pay for bonus content, maybe chapters written from the scene of another character, or they could pay for things like book boxes, swag, or even just monthly live stream hangouts. We've seen authors do really well with all the above models. And unfortunately today, given this webinar, we won't be able to get into everything about subscriptions. So I encourage you to check out the subscription starter guide, which um, we'll, we'll link that in the end. Um, and if you're listening to this asynchronously, you'll be able to find it in the description of wherever you're watching it. But we'll go on now to getting more into the difference between book subscriptions and, or sorry, subscriptions and regular books for an author. So we already talked about the tiers and multiple price points, but I want to ask you, Amelia, out of the people who are in your subscription, would you say this is something that you're bringing cold fans to? Like, do you run Facebook ads to your subscription or is it something that happens for fans who maybe are more acclimated to your work? Um, it's definitely people who are pretty much already fans for me. I don't think I've run um, Facebook ads directly to my subscription because if I if I do that, most likely people wouldn't join it. I'd just be wasting a lot of money. Um, and the reason for that is because like those people who I find randomly on Facebook don't know me and don't know, don't understand what I'm offering. Um, but if you, uh, you, you could run, I, I've been toying with running ads to my free books and bringing people from my free books into my paid kind of like you know, like universe um, that is a subscription. But I would say, no, they're not typically for your new fans or people who have known you for a while and who enjoy your content. That's a key thing to know because when authors think about pricing their subscription, a lot of times they think like, wait, if I was a reader just trying to like, you know, just coming into an author, there's no way I would pay someone $10 a month who I like, just saw yeah. on a Facebook ad. And that's kind of the point. Like there probably is a small chance that would happen. Now there are some authors who I've seen who are offering on a lower tier, what I'll call more like a library card or a library catalog, where for $5 a month, you might get access to like their backlist of 10, 12, 15 books. And authors are using that as almost like um, a loss leader of sorts to get people to stay in their subscription and want to continue receiving their new books. And that could be profitable. But you, outside of authors who are running that specific strategy, I do think running things like paid advertising 
um, trying to get a cold audience or a reader who doesn't know who you are to start paying you monthly just isn't that realistic. But what's great about it is that for everyone who already knows who you are and who already loves your work, this is a place now where they can support you, where they can get more of what they love in your work. And you'll hopefully be able to make some extra money from it, which is nice. So um, that's why we also say promotions and special deals. They're not as common in subscriptions. Why this is, yeah. is because you imagine if like the reader before you is paying $5 a month and then the reader after you gets in at like $2 a month and that's their subscription forever. That would like definitely be annoying for a reader. Whereas if it's like a book, that's like a one-time payment that they got cheaper, um, you know, discounts are a bit more common. That doesn't mean that you can't do free trials. That doesn't mean that you can't do promo codes because some subscription services do have the, the ability for that, but it's something to be wary about. Like discounting your subscription to a dollar to try and get new readers in might not have the same effect that you want it to. And we'll, we'll talk about this more, yeah. but there's a whole pricing psychology behind subscriptions that's very different than pricing an a la carte ebook or print book. Yeah. And just because you have a lower tier or, or like a lower dollar in your for, for a specific tier doesn't mean more people are going to going to join it. So I've actually found like it's kind of the opposite because I've I had one um, subscription that kind of didn't do too well. And I my lowest tier was that one dollar point. And when I made my daily rose subscription, it kind of took off and my lowest tier was three dollars. So yeah, one dollar and a lower price point doesn't automatically mean you're going to get more people paying you monthly. And your new subscription that you've started on Ream that you're slowly migrating your readers to, the lowest tier yes. is $5, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's $5 now. Yeah. That makes a big difference if you can get readers paying $5. And one thing I will say is that not only have we seen this in like data from early authors on Ream, but also just friends that we know that run subscriptions, um, that $5 and up is, is, is a perfectly fine price point. When it comes to how readers view something that's worth $3 or $5, there's not a huge difference oftentimes because they're still like in the impulse purchase range. But for you as an author, if someone's paying you $5 rather than $3, you'll roughly make 70% more revenue off per, per reader, which is a huge deal. So unless your conversion rate drops by 70% to go from 3 to $5, which for most people, that doesn't seem to be true, then you know, that that's kind of the pricing psychology behind it. Like it's still around like a cup of coffee. So, you know, not bad to do that. Another thing about a dollar tier, which we'll talk about this more when I show you the top 500 subscription author report, but a dollar tier can be disadvantageous. It can be a good thing, especially if an author wants to give their readers the ability to be able to downgrade to a tier and maybe not get any benefits of like early access to a story or any of the actual things you're providing in your subscription. But one downside to a dollar tier, even though it can be you know accessible for a lot of people, is that in disproportionate amount of revenue goes to payment processing. So every time a transaction happens on the internet, money has to go to credit card companies and banks. And typically it's 2.9% plus 30 cents per transaction. That, that varies. If you're in the States, that's what it is. If you're in the UK, it's slightly lower. Um, and if you're in other countries, it can also vary. Um, but what you should know is that on a dollar tier, that fixed transaction fee that happens every time a reader pays for something 
doesn't change. Meaning if it's three or $4, um, that 10, 30 cents fee that happens each time stays the same. So if you have a dollar tier and you're in the US, um, you'll have 30 cents going to the banks. And if you use something like PayPal, it's even higher. It's like 45 or 50 cents, um, which that's a lot of money going to no one but the banks basically on a dollar tier. And that's why I, you know, I encourage my authors to think, okay, if you're pricing something at a dollar, you might not make anywhere close to a dollar. And that's important to just at least know. And we actually have some questions in the chat, which I think we can answer them because um, this will be good. So when we're done with pricing, okay, we'll get to you, Heather, when we're done with pricing. But are there any plans for something like groups or guilds or even Goodreads style lists to link authors with similar books? I like to build a group of author friends to cross promote if that's a good strategy. That's that's interesting. So I want to answer this question broadly. And then I think you're referring to maybe, will we be doing something like this on Ream, which I can answer as well. But um, when it comes to like cross promoting subscriptions, I'm curious for you, Amelia, have you seen success? Because I know you've had co-authors before. I know some of those co-authors have had subscriptions. Has cross-promoting a subscription been something that's worked? Um, I know. So when I was doing um, co-authoring, we basically what would happen is we both had subscriptions and we would write a short story and share it on both of our subscriptions. And then we'd say, hey, I wrote this short story with this other author who has a subscription. You should go check her out. Um, it worked. It was beneficial for my co-author because she, or my co-authors, because they didn't have as many um, people in their community or subscription as I did. And a lot of my readers really trust me um, when I make recommendations out for other authors. And so they jumped over to their subscriptions to some of them and checked her out or them out. Um, I don't know if it was beneficial um, in, in a like subscriber way or a money way for me, kind of like the other way around, um, but I really liked doing it. So that's what, that's why I did it. Cause I, I like working with other authors, um, but I haven't particularly found a way yet in the, the software that is available at the moment to successfully kind of do that cross promotion mm. in yeah. a great, in like a, like a big way. No, it, make, it makes sense too, because an existing software, you immediately go from like basically free to like a paid subscriber. Like there's no, like you just show up and you only have an option to pay. So if you're on a place yeah. like Patreon, there's no free tier on Patreon. You can only pay for someone, um, which this is like an important caveat when it comes to pricing that I want to let everyone know, which is that, first of all, most of your readers won't actually join your paid subscription. Uh, frankly, a lot of readers just can't afford even $5 a month extra. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that is, yeah. that is why we write books elsewhere. This isn't the only product you have. Uh, you know, you'll be releasing books or stories in other formats and other places. However, for the people who you do get to join your subscription, if we think about just the 5% number, which is what we see like really good authors can get 5% of their readers to join a subscription. Some, some can get more, some get less, and there's nothing wrong with that. Two to 5% is healthy. Um, it was in what we've seen. That means like two to 5% of a mailing list, right? Now, if you get 5% of your readers who would be reading your ebook um, in Kindle Unlimited, that might be 400 pages long. So you'll get paid roughly $2 per ebook. So if you release three new books in a year, 
um, those readers who already love you, let's just use a number. We're doing napkin math here. A thousand super fans, right? If you release three books in a year to a thousand readers and get paid $2 per book, that's three times two. I'm sorry for the math, but we're doing pricing today. That's three books times $2 per book that you'll make times a thousand readers. That's $6,000. That, that's, that's great. That, that's like, it's a great, great, uh, you know, income as an author depends on where you live in the world. Probably you won't be able to make a living in the United States off that, but that still is, that still is a great, a great income. Now let's talk about subscription. Let's say you get 5% of them to give you $5 a month to be on your subscription. So that's 50 people. We do 50 times five times 12. We do that math and I'm doing this live in my head but I, I like math. So if we do that, we're at $3,000, okay? So that 5% of your readers could make you roughly half the income that you would make somewhere else, at least in net revenue. We could talk a bit more about when we get to our pricing calculator, because I don't want you to have to do numbers in your head like I just did. We can talk a little bit more about fees and other things to consider expenses, like if you're printing books as an author, but that's just a high level thing that I, I think about like, oh, you don't actually need a lot of readers proportionally to your total audience to pay you a lot of money per month to actually develop a significant revenue stream for you. So as you think about your expectations and think about your pricing, it's important to know like the bigger picture, what will this mean to your author business? And because of this business model, and because it's predicated on giving your super fans an opportunity to support you more, those people can make a big difference. And I think this actually brings us to looking at the subscription author report, which um, I might have you share on your screen, Amelia, if you have it pulled up, um, just because my screen has been a little wonky and I don't want to risk anything um, that might uh, be frozen for people as we scroll through a report. But I'm curious if you have the link. Perfect. It's this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So okay. this is this is freely available, everyone. So you can you can see that the URL that she has up there, subscriptionsforauthors.com, um, top fiction authors and subscription is 2022. Um, in fact, I'll put this in the chat as we speak um, and we'll start to go through this. And I think this is really interesting, just thinking about the overall market for subscriptions, which you can see here that there's quite a few authors who have between 100 and 499 paid subscribers. Now, let me first talk about the methodology behind this report because I painstakingly uh, found each one of these authors. So I, I guess I, I can tell you how it worked. Um, it was fun. It was fun, but it, was, it took a long time. And what I'll say is that these authors are 99% fiction authors. There might be a few authors in there that were like on the edges. And I was like, uh, I think you're fiction, but pretty much everyone was creating fiction stories um, in either a serialized format or in more a traditional ebook, audiobook, or print book format. And a lot of times these were merging. Like Amelia, for instance, does all of the above. But one of the key things to know out of these 500 people, which there's more authors than that who have subscriptions, um, you know, about there was like thousands of authors I found subscriptions, thousands of fiction authors. But out of the ones who I would say are making an income that I think is 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 decent, something that like is something we would maybe all want to shoot for. If you have 100 to 499 paid subscribers, uh, typically, you know, the average amount that we saw, um, you know, authors having a reader pay was $5 per tier. 
So that means that that group of people is making anywhere from, you know, 500 to $2,500 a month. And there's hundreds of fiction authors who are doing that hundreds at the moment. Then it drops off the 500 to 999 subscriber point. Those are authors who are probably able to get close to making a living off subscriptions. Not all of them. Some authors, most majority of the readers are on $3 tiers. Some authors, majority of the readers are on $20 tiers. And we'll talk about the difference there because a lot of you might be thinking, oh, well, I would love my readers to pay me $20 a month on average over $3 a month. But there's, there's some differences to talk about in terms of what they're offering. So it's not always apples to apples here. And then there's, um, if we scroll down, I'm forgetting the exact number, I think it's 46 uh, authors in total who have above 1,000 subscribers. Yep, and it's 32 fiction authors have between 1,000 and 2,500 paid subscribers. Um, and then about 14 have above 2,500 paid subscribers, which even if adult, uh, readers are paying like $3 a month on average, if you've got 2,500 paying readers, uh, you're, you're, that's good. That's a really successful subscription. So this follows a similar power law uh, to the rest of the publishing industry. I think it's no secret to us that all of us listening that there's a lot of authors at the top who make a lot of money and then a lot of authors who are, you know, on the come up and there's more of a middle class that we see of authors who are doing well, but definitely not like 2,500 plus subscribers. Now, this is one reason why me and Amelia make basically all the subscriptions for authors education free, because we realize that we want to help authors get to that top point, And that's what matters to us. And for so many, if you charge for education, right? Like if you think about it, a lot of people just won't make it to the top. And it's not because there's, there's not, not because there's a problem. Like it's not because you're a bad writer, but it's because this industry is based off of a power law that about roughly in publishing two and a half percent of people make 65% of the revenue, which is, which is kind of wild. Um, and it's even more top heavy once you get to the, like Stephen King's of the world. So what is that all to say? That is all to say that pending on how big your audience and where you're at in your career, you should think about how much tiers you have. You should think about your expectations for how much net revenue you'll make off your subscription, probably in lockstep with that. Like if you aren't a best-selling author who has thousands of readers, you probably won't start a subscription and overnight have thousands of people paying you. That's just probably how that'll work. But there's authors across genres that are successful in subscriptions. Um, we looked at what authors were saying they were creating in their subscriptions. And we saw authors were successful in romance, which romance is the biggest genre in fiction. And um, also I think had tremendous growth this last year. Um, there was some conflicting reports, but I, I think it had certainly double digit growth um, in terms of the romance uh, genre overall, which is which is great. Um, science fiction um, and fantasy also were genres that did pretty well in subscriptions. Uh, you can see web novel, lit RPG, which for those who don't know is literature role-playing games. These are all genres that do well on subscriptions. You'll, you'll see notably genres that are kind of missing from this list that do well broadly in the publishing market are thriller and mystery. I shouldn't say they're missing, but they're much less prominent. Um, and I think there's, there's something interesting to take home from that, which is that a lot of the readers who are right now paying for subscriptions tend to skew younger, which might be surprising that like younger people are paying $5 a month. And when I say younger, I don't mean like 13. I mean, 18 to 35, I think is like the sweet spot for subscription ages at the moment. But one thing to note is that this market, which now has 206,000 paid subscribers and 10 million in revenue 
a year for authors, for fiction authors, is that it's growing fast. And about three years ago, basically very few people were doing this. Five years ago, almost no one was doing it. So where will it be at five years from now? I'm not sure. So I'm not saying where the market will be, but I did want to show you where it is. But now back to the pricing for individual tiers. We scroll down a little bit more. We can see here a really interesting finding, which I I took out on the on the actual report. And I'm debating putting it back because I'm like, I don't want to confuse people, but 168 authors had one dollar tier as their lowest tier, which isn't in this live report, but I'm contemplating putting it back because it sends almost a conflicting message because people read that and then think they should price their tiers at $1 because everyone else is doing it. But my takeaway is that authors are actually underpricing themselves and that that's maybe the problem, not that you should be there. Um, but this just shows what authors charge for their lowest tier. Um, and one thing to note about low price tiers is that that doesn't mean it's your only tier. We'll talk about price anchoring in a bit but most authors have more than one tier. Most authors also don't have 12 tiers, but a good sweet spot to start is anywhere from like two to three tiers. And with that, a lot of authors really give their meat of the readers, their like most of their content and most of the benefits at tiers that are like $10 for digital content. Um, that's something that we see is very common. And I see many authors who have their most popular tier at anywhere from like $7.50 to $12 for digital content. So um, that's just one thing to remember, your lowest price tier isn't your most popular tier oftentimes, and it certainly isn't always your only tier. Um, of course, I don't have data on every author's most popular tier. So I wanted to try and share the most useful things that we could um, because I don't know what every author is making, um, obviously. So that that is kind of what we can share. And I I just think it's kind of useful to know what other authors are pricing at. And I think now we can start to talk about some of the differences and what people offer in their tiers, what those price ranges typically look like. We'll have to add a few asterisks there because people are successful at all different price points. And we can stop sharing the screen and we can just chat because before we think about specific pricing, we should probably talk about what people offer in their subscriptions. and. I want to ask you, Amelia, what did you start off offering in your subscription? Because even now I, I saw a question in the Facebook group yesterday that was like, you have like 12 tiers, Amelia. That's where do I start? Cause you have like 12 tiers. Um, so what, what would you say if someone's like telling you that? And then obviously you have some tiers that are rather high priced and why are they high priced? Like why is a reader paying you sometimes 50 or even over a hundred dollars a month? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll just go through my Amelia Rose subscription at the moment. So when I started, I had three tiers. The lowest one was receiving early access to a book that I was serializing on Wattpad. Um, and that was just getting one extra chapter a week. Um, and then my second tier, which was priced at $5 at the time, you got everything in tier one plus audiobooks that I was making. Um, and then my third tier was $10. And I was doing, I do short stories every week that are like 1000 words long. So very, very short. Um, and I was giving the, the people in my, my $10 tier the ability to request a short story. So they can say like, hey, I want to read a specific, uh, a werewolf story that has 
this character's name and it's about X, Y, and Z. And so I would write it that month for them. Um, but over time, that's kind of changed because I've just had so many people want to be in that $10 tier and I can't write like a hundred stories every single like week um, or month. Um, so I've kind of shifted the way um, what I offer in each tier. So currently how my tiers are set up, the lowest, which is $5 now, still gets that early access to that serialized, the serialized stories that I'm offering on Wattpad. Um, tier two is $10 and they receive one extra exclusive story just for that tier and up. Um, my $25 tier uh, has access to some more physical goods. So I do art prints because my uh, subscribers really like art prints and I also do stickers and then $50 gets a book box every single month plus all the benefits under it and then I have a $150 tier they get a book box for internet it's for international shipping too um, for the book box because $50 is only U.S. shipping um, and then they also get that free short story per month so that's how I have mine set up I, I love it I love that. It could switch though. <laughs> yeah, no, it, we'll, and we'll talk actually how it can change, but there's actually a quick question I think is perfect to ask, which is, um, does Amelia have help uh, to manage these services like putting boxes together? We're going to talk more about that later, but are you doing it all yourself right now? Um, right now, for the most part, I have my family come over sometimes and I'm just like, they, they want stuff to do. So I tell them like, hey, I have some book boxes that you can like put together if you want. I have to keep all like the super spicy stuff out because I don't want them to like see. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> That's, I love that. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, one thing to to know about this is like, and we're going to talk about this when you're doing a tier and pricing a tier, a lot of times you have to think about pricing it is based on what it takes out of you. Because yeah. for your readers, it's really tough to actually price something based on the value you give them. I'll, I'll explain why that seems so weird because we think, no, well, an ebook's $5. So that's what I'm giving them. And if I'm not writing 10 ebooks a year, then I'm not going to price my subscription at $5 a month. But that's not the really the right way to think about it. And I'll explain why. So when we talk about pricing related to stories, these sorts of intangible goods, it's inelastic, the price, meaning that if a price increases for a good, like a book, that doesn't oftentimes mean that sales decrease. They're not correlated very well. Whereas if you're going to go buy macaroni in the store and you see one macaroni is $20, one macaroni is $5 or milk, for instance. I mean, if the milk's super cheap, you might be concerned. Like if they're giving away milk for free, you're going to be like, this is spoiled, right? Like, nah, nah, not, not for me. Um, but then again, if the milk's a hundred dollars, you're not going to probably not going to want to buy it. Now, there are cases actually where companies are pricing goods. And this is interesting, I'll say, playing on the same pricing psychology to charge like bottled water at like $6 or $7, which is really high. You don't need to pay $600 to drink perfectly healthy water, but they're playing on the pricing psychology of, oh, it's more expensive. Therefore, it must be better. Now, we're talking about physical goods here. Let's go back to our stories, which is what matters. It's it's even like less important in a sense, exactly what you price it at. Because for someone who is your reader, 
they can't even quantify the value in your book. Someone who's a fan, someone who trusts you, right? Now, I'm not telling up your books on Amazon to $100 and then you're gonna make the same amount. That, that's not how that works. Because those books, first of all, are in a competitive marketplace where you see hundreds of other books directly around it and can compare their categories and rankings like readers can. So that, first of all, makes um, pricing a, a little bit little bit trickier. But the most important element to pricing regular books is that they have to be attractive to both new readers who don't know much about you and readers who love you, which for them, every book might be an easy buy, right? But you need to also convince people who maybe aren't as familiar with your work. Now, when we talk about something like a subscription, the currency in subscriptions is trust, right? It's how much readers trust you. It's how much they value your relationship, their relationship to your stories, and sometimes their relationship to your community. And it's very difficult to put a price on that, which this aren't, this is like, you're like going to get mad at me because you're like, this is the subscription pricing webinar. You're supposed to tell me what I'm supposed to price my subscription at. We're going to get there because obviously um, offering one chapter a month at $100, you might be able to get some readers to pay for, but that might not be, that might not feel right. You might feel wrong as an author. Like I know for me, I want to make my pricing accessible uh, to, to readers, but I also want to make money for what I'm doing. And if I'm pricing my lowest tier at $100, that's giving them early access to my work, um, that feels like it actually could leave a bad taste in readers' mouth. Because as much as they want to support you, I don't know too many people who can just drop $100 on one chapter a month and feel okay about it. Some people can, um, but a lot can't. And that's something to remember. So when it comes to your subscriptions, what we typically see authors price their subscriptions at are anywhere from 5 to $25 a month for early access or bonus content that's digital. Now, you might be saying, what is it? Five to $25 is still a big difference, Michael. It is. So we're going to talk about, break this down even further. So authors who price close to $25, typically, not always, are offering things like audio. So you're getting like an audiobook tier, a part of that, $15, $20, $25. From the 5 to $10 mark, um, and this isn't to say that you can't price higher. I'm just telling you the typical what authors are being successful in, which is about the best I can share with you. Authors who price between five and ten dollars typically are only offering early access to ebooks or bonus content um, to to their books in you know ebook format. And oftentimes, what we see authors do is have a five dollar and a ten dollar tier, or a ten dollar and a fifteen dollar tier that's both offering ebooks and sometimes the exact same ebooks. And you might be wondering, how is that possible? Are readers literally just paying $5 extra for the, same, for the same book? And the answer is not quite. What's happening here is basically tiered early access. Readers, and you can see this in the top 500 subscriptions authors report. I don't want to like pull up a specific author's subscription without their permission. But if you go there, you can see some of these authors. Shirtaloon is actually a popular one who, you know, he has... 5,000 plus subscribers on a subscription last time I checked. So he does very well, 5,000 paying subscribers. At his $10 tier, he gives something like four weeks early access. So readers can read 20 chapters ahead of what he's reading. Then at the, at the $5 tier, readers can read like 10 chapters ahead, right? And then if you're not paying at all, you'll just get the ebook later when it either comes out on a retailer or is serialized on a place like Royal Road. That's where he serializes. Now, for authors who might not come from the world of serial fiction, that tiered early access model might not be as familiar to you. You also might be like, well, how much chapters do I have to release a month to get paid? 
And we actually, and I'm sharing this because she came on our podcast and the episode will be public soon. So I feel comfortable sharing this. Even Alice, who's a tremendous author in our community, um, is has a subscription. And she's offering early access to one of her novels um, called Miami Hoops. And you might think like, okay, if I'm charging reader $5 a month, I've got to produce like a lot of chapters, you know, two or three chapters a week, maybe. I've got to write 20 or 30,000 words a month. How am I going to keep up with this, right? How am I going to keep up with the value um, that I want to give them? And even tremendous authors, she writes her readers a ton of value, but that doesn't necessarily equate to volume of content. And she's releasing a chapter a month in this Miami Hoop series, a chapter a month. That's it, one chapter per month. And her readers love it. And Amelia, you also too have been experimenting with a more secretive subscription at a chapter a month. And it's been going really well, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I have a graphic novel subscription that I'm running right now. And it's just one chapter ahead of my free, free release on Webtoons and Tapas. And it's going, it is going very well. Um, I'm actually surprised. And it just shows that uh, you don't need to be producing a lot of content in order for people to want to want to support you and want to read the next the next few chapters that you you have on your subscription um, stephanie asked what was the subscription rate she charged one chapter per month in avon's case she started at three dollars per month and five dollars got that plus some extra bonus scenes and character interviews um and then she also had a ten dollar a month tier and then recently has come out the twenty dollar a month tier um and that you can access pub publicly on her on her subscription page um which which, which is great. And I'm very happy for her. And it's also something that has happened over the course of like eight to nine months. And, um, you know, now has a hundred paying, paying subscribers, which is, which is wonderful. And you could also see that publicly on her subscription, which is why I share that with you. Um, and, you know, I think that for readers, um, cause also one thing that should be noted for her is her readers don't read in serial fiction format. Typically they actually come from the world of Kindle limited and ebook retailers. And this model still worked for her. And it's great. Thank you for following up on her name. Her name is Avon Ellis. And um, I'll actually put her subscription in the chat. So give me like two seconds on that one. Um, and I think this is a good segue because we're going to get to all the questions y'all have asked and we'll keep asking them because we've got another 45 minutes to hang out. But I want to show you now how you can change the price of your subscription because I now know what y'all think. Like, this is so intimidating. I have to like, figure out my pricing for my subscription. And this is what my readers are paying per month, like for the length of my subscription. Not quite, not quite. And I'll actually show you how you can change that price because it's very valid to want to change your price at some point. Very, very valid. And it's something that some authors think they have to start off cheaper to then work their price up. That's not necessarily true. Amelia, if you could go back, do you think you had to start your pricing at $1 to be successful and then $3 and then $5? Or could have you just started at $5 and you would have still been relatively okay in the end? I would have started at $5 definitely. The only reason I started at $1 was because I didn't think anyone would join it. I did not have, um, I wasn't confident in my writing skills. And so I was like, I'll just set it as a dollar and if people join, that's awesome. Um, but looking back on it now, I would have 1000% started at least at $3, if not $5. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's important. She's saying that everyone. So I think that's, that's a big deal in the sense of, um, you don't have to feel like you have to undercut yourself in the beginning or work yourself, um, to, 
to, to a pulp to try and like grow your subscription. It's about consistency. And it's also ultimately about sustainability for yourself. What makes sense for you? Because your readers who are there are connected to you and want to support you. And an author who offers 10 books a month in their subscription, which I don't know anyone who does, but let's just pretend, I don't think is going to be able to charge 10 times more than an author who offers one book in their subscription each three months. That's not how, it doesn't scale like that. So that's one thing to remember. Another thing to remember too, is if you start producing a lot of content, think about how much readers can keep up with. Your super fans want to be there with you on your journey. Some people, whale readers really do read a book a month and read a lot more than a book a month. They'd happily read a book a month of yours. That's, that's great for those readers. But if you start churning out like a book every other week and you start, I mean, I know authors who've done this, you start to gate off people who start to get behind in, in your early access or in your reading. And they could feel like, oh, well, if I'm behind and I'm not really able to be part of this community anymore and really feel like I'm a part of the conversation, I'll just buy their book when it comes out regularly and binge it when I have time, which is, which is fine, but that isn't great for your subscription because you probably want that person to keep paying you monthly. So there's a lot to think about in terms of if you put yourself in your reader's shoes and what you're giving them, you know, more is definitely not always better. That's just a huge caveat. We have a good question about the backlist, but I want to start sharing my screen again. And I hope it doesn't like, I hope you can see it. Um, can you see my screen? Maybe. Yeah, I can see it. Oh, yay. This is cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is my like unlaunched ream that I've just set up to do things like this, um, which is show y'all a little bit about it. Um, if y'all don't know what ream is and you're listening, it's basically the only subscription platform by fiction authors for fiction authors. We've created subscriptions for authors and this webinar being part of all the things we create to help you no matter where you host your subscription. But we created this platform and have been working on it now for basically a year and it's been very, very fun. And we're basically almost ready to go live to the public. And if you're on the wait list, you'll get your invites over the next few months tentatively. I shouldn't even say tentatively, more like quietly. Our public launch date's May 7th, but you know, shh on that, we haven't publicly announced it yet. But on Reem, what you can do to change your pricing for subscription, because I know what you're thinking. Like, how do I know where I'm at yet? You might not also feel emotionally ready to charge $5 a month, to charge $10 a month, whatever it is for your subscription that you may really know down the line is what you should be charging. And if that's the case, ultimately, it's better to get something started and get the wheels going than to let fear hold you back. And if you want to start at a lower price, or for instance, things like shipping, international shipping, we'll talk about that in just a minute, can change. It's gone up about 7x in the last 25 years from the US to Australia given one example, which that's nuts, right? Like it's like, that's like, it feels wrong, but um, ultimately we'll talk about how you can adjust uh, the pricing of your tiers. Cause there's a lot of good reasons you need to do it. And here, this is my profile. And if I click edit, I don't have any tiers public. That's actually the point. So if I press edit, I can start creating new tiers and this is inside um, ring, right? And on other platforms, um, to be honest, a lot of them I don't have Oh, never mind. I see it now. Okay. Oh, is it lagging? Oh, I think it's lagging a little bit. Thank you. I'll know that when I talk uh, to uh, say things after I do them. So on other platforms, they don't make it as easy to archive your tiers. In fact, there's not always an archiving function. Um, but on Ream, what we do is give you the ability to archive a tier, which 
to archive a tier, I'm going to first create a new one. Um, so I'll create a tier at $5 a month. Um, I don't know what we'll call it. We'll just say eBooks. We're doing this live, everyone. So I'm not creating an actual description right now. And I'm just going to say hi through the description. This is really not a great description at the moment. I feel kind of bad sharing this example, but it's less about the actual tier and more about what you can do with it. So if I click to add this tier, we can now see this tier is live. So I could go and if I click save, which you're probably going to be a little bit behind me, which I apologize about. But if I then click to view the subscription, I have my beautiful $5 ebook tier that says hi on my membership page. And I'll give it a moment so y'all can actually see it. Now, this, this tier, let's just pretend down the line. I'm like, I think I want to change my price to, to, to $10 a month, you know? And the natural instinct that you might have is to just go in and change the price. And we don't let you do that. Um, and for the record, I don't think any subscription platform like period lets you do that. Um, why that is, is because you can imagine if you're an existing reader and the price of your subscription magically changes from five to $10 a month and you start getting a credit card bill that's double what you thought you were paying, you'd be pretty mad. I know I would be like confused. And I'd probably just go and cancel my subscription. So that sounds like you can't change your price, but you actually can. I'll show you how. So with this $5 tier, although we can't explicitly edit the price of this $5 tier, what we can do is archive it. So if I archive this tier, which if I see the tier here, I just scroll down to the bottom and I can archive it. What this does is it makes it invisible to the public. So people who actually want to um, join this tier won't be able to anymore. They won't see it. So this price point's hidden. This tier is hidden. But the people who are in it retain their subscription and they still are subscribed. So it's a great way for you to basically grandfather people in to the tier. So what I'll do is I'll click yes. And then, which did you see me click yes? Or are you still a little bit behind me? Are you still a little bit behind me? Um, we are on the, it, it went away. Okay. Okay, nice. Um, then we're caught up. Then what I'll do is I'll save this and then I'll click view. So now if I view it, that tier is gone. So if I'm a new person coming to your subscription page, I can't join that $5 tier anymore. And now as an author, you have an option. You have an option. So the people who are in that archive tier, right, who've already signed up, they're still subscribed and you could still send them chapters, which to show you how you can send chapters briefly, you can send chapters out by each tier on Rain. This is a very unique feature. You cannot do this anywhere else um, very easily. It's there's no books on any other subscription platform, but if you want to send out chapters by tier, I can see in my tiers to release to um, the eBooks tier I made and the Author Creator Pro tier, which I had archived beforehand. Which can you actually see what I'm showing you at the moment? Maybe. Yeah, I oh, can. Cool. I can see. Okay, great, great. So you can schedule things out. So they're basically still your subscribers, but now you have a choice. So you can archive that tier and leave it archived. You can just say, I'm not going to have a new tier at all, right? But what you can also do is say, maybe, maybe what I want to do is create a new tier that's almost identical to it. It doesn't have to have any differences. Um, and it can be at a new price point. So I'll actually 
for fun, go and create a new tier at a new price point right now. So if I go in there and, oh, Zoom, you're blocking the edit button. Nice. Zoom's not blocking it anymore. So if I click edit, I can create a new tier right here. I just need to now enter it in. So I'll, I'll call it the same thing, eBooks and high, beautiful tier. But we're gonna price at $10 a month. And if I do this and I click save, do, do, do. Um, what will happen here is I'll be able to actually view it on my public page. And basically, do, do, do. I am on accident, uh, click save twice instead of view. So when I actually click view now, you can see eBooks at $10 per month and join. And your tiers will look so much more beautiful than mine, but you can see how that's possible. And now what you can do is new people will join at this $10 price point and you have the option. Do you want to ask people on your old tier, your old price point to migrate to the new tier? Or do you want to leave them in that tier, which is a great thing to do to reward your early fans, but know that if they unsubscribe, they'll have to resubscribe at that higher tier. So that's um, you know one, one thing that you can experiment with doing. And then just while we're on tiers and rewards and thinking about that, I just want to throw in a disclaimer, which is that you can change your rewards anytime. Uh, on, on Ream, we don't basically own any rights to your content. And we certainly don't dictate not only what your prices are, but what you offer to your readers. We created things like this to try and give you some best practices. But know that if you're like, hey, I used to be offering two chapters a month and I'm going to drop down to a chapter a month. Or I used to be offering two chapters a week and I'm going to up or down my chapters. Or I used to be writing this series, but I'm actually pivoting to a new series. That's okay. You can, you can basically change what your tier description is at any time, any time. And then you would tell your fans in that tier, this is a best practice. We don't force you to do this. It's definitely a good idea. You could tell the fans that have already subscribed, hey, just so you know, I'm making these changes. And this is not a, not a webinar about change, making changes to your subscriptions. That's a totally different topic that we'd love to do a deep dive into. But know that if you do make a change to your subscription, it's completely, completely okay. It's normal. And in fact, Amelia, I, I want to ask you like, how much has your subscription tiers changed over the last three years? Um, quite a lot. I, I actually archived my lowest tier, which was $3 um, originally under this end name. And I just unarchived it. Everyone who stayed in there could get the same benefits, but I hired it to $5 per month. Um, and so that's what the majority of people have to come into at the moment, even if they unsubscribe and want to join again. And then have you also changed your benefits over the years too? Like, Oh yeah, definitely. All the time. It's it, Subscriptions are constantly just trying to figure out what works best um, for you and your readers um, and kind of pivoting and going in that direction. And so with that, things change in different areas um, of your tiers and just subscription in general. So, yeah, that no, makes make sense. I think it's comforting people to hear that because you know, you're not locked into your subscription forever. Our, our motto is storytellers of the world. Um, and I think it's important to know that it's your subscription, your subscribers, and it's your relationship with your readers. Um, that, that I think takes us into the next final point on our presentation around pricing before we speed run through your questions, which I'm super excited for, which we can now, we'll, we'll show the pricing calculator. I'll have you show it, Amelia, just so that we don't have any glitches, the pricing calculator in a minute. But I, I first just want to, we've touched on international physical tiers 
we've touched on ranges of pricing for um, you know digital tiers, um, we'll say. But when talking about something like higher price tiers, I feel like there's two kinds of higher price tiers. And let's first talk about like how international shipping at a broad level, we can't give you all the details or how much you can expect to pay for your book. Like that would be, we can't do that. We don't know, to be honest. You'd have to go and see how much your book is and where you want to ship it to, to be able to figure that out. Um, and no, in the future on Ream, we hope to build things that make figuring that out a lot easier. But what I will say though, is that it can still be complicated. And I feel like there's some general principles about shipping physical goods that are good for authors to know. So is there anything that you've learned in the years of running physical tiers, mistakes maybe you've made that you would warn authors against? Don't price it too low. <laughs> in my first description I had, um, I had every time I have a book release, it, my highest tier was $10 per month. So that was tier three. And I said, every time I have a book release, I will send you a physical copy of that book. And I didn't do signed copies, but I was sending them through Amazon and like just to print it was like $4 and then shipping on top of that is like way over $10. So like, it didn't make sense for me. Like I was losing money at that point, um, which is one of the reasons why that subscription, I have closed it down since. Um, but yeah, definitely don't be afraid of pricing it a little higher. Um, because you, you're putting work into it and you should be paid for that work that you put into it. Um, and you don't want to run it at a cost or negative. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very key point. And some things to think about when, when doing it are, you know, book plates could be a more efficient way to ship internationally. And if you're shipping things like merch or swag tiers, um, you can always get those printed locally. But if you're like hand making something, you know, there are it can be expensive, but actually, um, Ashling has shared that, um, it's 11 pounds everywhere for Royal mail. Um, if you're in the UK, they've fixed their international shipping, which that is actually, that's pretty reasonable compared to like shipping prices. I've heard, um, that's good to know. Another thing as well for people to think about is if you're shipping like a four by six letter. So things like postcards, um, or anything like book plates could fit into that as well. Um, they're much cheaper to ship. Um, I, I won't give you an exact price because it, it varies based on country, but they are usually a few dollars to ship rather than tens of dollars, which is nicer. But don't think that high price tiers at $150 a month, even $150 a month have to be physical good tiers or primarily physical goods. It doesn't have to be. I've seen authors be very successful offering other kinds of goods at high price tiers. Things like getting your name and acknowledgements, things like being able to suggest or have, um, you know, like a role in naming a character or, you know, naming a place in the world. That can mean a lot to reader. And you might want to cap that tier. That's why we have tier limits. Some of you I know in the chat noticed that. You might want to limit that to like two or three people a month because three, you know, maybe even more, maybe even one person a month. If three people ask you to name a character in a book each month, that can be a little stressful. Like, yo, I... I'll get to you, but I don't have that many characters to name right now. So that's that's ultimately things that you can consider doing. Um, also, sometimes authors do um, stories that readers, like I write a short story that their reader doesn't necessarily commission them because they they will share it publicly, but their reader can basically give them the prompt. Like, I want you to write about this and this. And then the author will 
they'll write that. You don't have to take their suggestion, but that could be an incentive for a reader to subscribe to a to a much higher price tier that's still all digital. Because this is where we get into the pricing calculator, which you can pull it up now, Amelia. The really important thing to remember about subscription pricing, and this is pricing anything for any business you have, is that making $5 in revenue doesn't mean you make $5 in profit. Making $100 in revenue doesn't mean you make $5 in profit. I've talked to authors who've gotten a reader to subscribe to $100 tier and have lost money because of exorbitant international shipping. I myself once spent $60 to ship a book to India. And I, I love my reader in India, but I really didn't love paying $60 for shipping. And I didn't know ahead of time, which many of you know ahead of time what these prices are. And hopefully we're raising awareness about check your prices before you set your tiers. But the big thing to know here, we're coming out with this um, pricing calculator soon. And we'll be asking for beta testers on it. Um, but the idea is to figure out what you should be pricing your tiers at and how much profit you will make overall on your subscription at a certain price point, at a certain number of subscribers. And one things that you'll see, step one and step two, enter your desired hourly rate for writing. Enter your desired hourly rate for admin. That, that sounds confusing in a sense, like what are you talking about? What we're asking you to do here is basically share how much you'd like to get paid per hour to do this work in a subscription. Now. Obviously, the subscription fairy gods won't just hand you a price per hour, but that's where setting the price is helpful because we can then start to bake in. Well, if this is really how much you want to get paid from it, then this is what we're going to have to do at a specific scale. For instance, let's talk about physical shipping for a second or anything you're doing custom for your readers, whether it's sending out postcards. It can be easy to look at a tier and be like, oh, okay, I'm pricing at $25. My cost of goods, which we talk about, in this, but cost of goods sold is $5. So maybe it's $2 uh, to, to print what you're going to be sending them and then $3 to mail it. So I'm going to make $20 in profit. Yay. Awesome. Not fully quite. There's two things you need to think about. One is the expenses that you have to pay to run the software for your subscription. One of those expenses is the platform fee or the software fee, depending on like where you use. Um, on Ream, being super transparent, we only cost using Ream that we charge is 10% of the revenue you make in the platform. So it's pretty standard um, price across subscription platforms. Of course, we hope we can, because we're specifically for authors, help you make hopefully more than 10% revenue, 10% um, more revenue than you'd make in other places. That would be one of our goals. But there's also another fee that everyone has to basically endure everywhere, which is payment processing fees. And th those vary, like I said, based on your country and based on exactly like currency conversion fees, but you should expect anywhere from three to as high if it's a lower price tier, 10% of your total revenue going to payment processing. Now at a $25 tier, you're probably talking about three to $4, um, or more like three, sorry, $3 going to platform fees um, and payment processing because payment processing should be a little bit over a dollar at that. What does that mean? That means you're left now with definitely a good chunk of change. You know, you have now maybe $17 that you've made off that tier, but that's still not the only thing to think about. As writers, the most important thing we can do is write. So if anything is taking time away from you writing, you should really think about, this isn't me producing my next book. You know, where where is this going? And you will definitely want to think about, yes, when you treat your super fans well, there's a halo effect across your business. Word of mouth increases. 
People will take reader pictures of your swag and post on social media. So this isn't like a net zero kind of thing. There's lots of different benefits to subscriptions and the efforts you put into it that extends beyond the revenue you make from your subscription. But it's important to think, well, if I'm spending three hours designing my swag, printing it out, mailing it out, then that's time you spent doing it. And if you have only two readers in the tier and you made $34 from that tier that you spent to do all of that in, um, that might be less attractive to you. It might be, you might love doing it and it might be like a break from writing for you, but that's why we ask you to think about that time. And because we're trying to figure out how much you should be pricing your subscription, maybe put a dollar power to it. And you can then go to the expenses page because um, we'll just give a brief tour of this on uh, the expenses page at the bottom of the spreadsheet. Um, you can see, um, are you able to go there, Amelia? You can see um, basically where you would be able to input your expenses, right? Um, which for digital goods, there might not be much expenses, to be frank. Like if you're writing a book that you're already going to be releasing somewhere else and giving your readers early access to it, it might be a very low lift task. On the other hand, if you're going to be printing a special edition of your book and shipping it, you're going to have some expenses and it's worthwhile to track those and write those down. And then on your income page, um, this is all about your income after fees, right? Thinking about when I actually charge a reader $50, 100% isn't going to me, which Obviously, nowhere uh, it does 100% of the revenue go to you. Like, there's always is somewhat of, I hate to say it, but like, unless you're having a reader pay cash, and even then, technically, there's sales tax in states. But regardless of that, um, unless you're having a reader pay you cash, um, there's usually a middleman on the internet, um, especially when it comes to credit card processors, right? So we, we give you that up front so you can think about it because it's worthwhile to know if you're going to be making 5%, you know, less money or more money than you thought. Um, so yeah, this is enough, the pricing calculator. I don't want to go through it all, uh, cause we're going to release it later. Um, and we're going to make some tweaks to make it even easier to use. But with that said, and this is a lot, uh, we went over a lot of different advice and tips on pricing and subscriptions. And for the rest of this, we want to answer your questions. And if you have questions, put them in the chat. We've already seen a bunch of questions that we'll start going through. Um, which I don't know if you want to kick it off, Amelia, I can kick it off. We can just take them one at a time. I, I don't see them on your end. Oh, you don't see questions? Oh, maybe it's just to me. Oh, interesting. We're figuring this out. Then I will announce it to you, Amelia. I'll read out the questions. Okay. So one question is, are there any plans for something like groups or guilds or even Goodreads style lists to link authors with similar books? And I, I'm guessing she's referring to Reem. Because you're a remodeler. Yes. I I think we we plan to do that in the future, correct? Something similar? Yeah, I I think something something similar. It'll definitely ultimately be based around your community and use an author uplifting other authors. But I think the key thing that we're going to be launching before May, which may will definitely, you know, will be a different animal than many other subscription platforms is building out a very robust free tier so that you can have your free and paid community on Ream. And I can see this sort of cross promotion, if you will, or linking similar authors being very valuable in funneling readers into free tiers. Um, and we're excited about that and happy to answer more questions than that, but we'll keep going. When we're done with pricing, I'm curious what everyone's doing to show artwork to their, their subs right now. A link to a private page via the book newsletter update, 
um, option you mentioned to me yesterday or something else. Well, hello, Heather. Um, I'm glad we caught up yesterday. Um, showing artwork. Uh, Amelia, what do you do to show your artwork right now? Because I know you do like, I think it's prints though, right? You, you like to do art prints. Yeah, I do print, like print it. I print them out. Yeah, oh. and, and then send them. So you could do art prints in a physical postcard, but I'm assuming you're talking about digital. And I will say, I want to give advice for authors everywhere. And then, you know, if, if you are a Reem author, again, we want to help authors everywhere, but I can share what we're, we're doing specifically for you. So um, usually authors, like it depends on the, the platform you use, um, but you can just post an image on the platform. Um, some platforms, they can download it and you have to be okay with that. Um, I don't know like every minute feature on every platform and some of these things change. So I recommend checking where you use, because if you don't want your readers to be able to download it, that can be... That, that can be something that is, is important to know. I've also seen authors very, very basically, like some authors offer like wallpapers, like wallpapers on like their computer screen or like phone wallpapers as a reward. Like each month you could get a new phone paper wall reward. I think it's a really genius reward. And you would obviously want your readers to download that. So for that, you might link out to a Google Drive folder. Um, now, of course, readers can send these files once they download it. So it's not 100% secure. I don't know of, a secure way to let a reader sideload a picture that could become a wallpaper onto their phone and not have them send it elsewhere um, because like you want them basically to own it at that point. Um, but what I, and I shouldn't say own the rights, but at least own the ability to have it on their phone. But I will say that um, if you're looking to just post it and not have readers actually be able to download it, on Ream, readers can't download stories or images. So you're only paying for access on Ream. There's no ability to download things using Ream. You're welcome to use other software to help your readers download and sideload books, but we have an e-reader on our site um, and we have a CUNY on our site. So that would be my answer to that. Hi, I won't be doing early access. This is from Vicky, except for our copies every two to three months. I also don't want to add extra content unless that has been naturally, but rather have a CUNY more like a Facebook group where I share insights into my author life. Is it okay to offer the insights and early art copies every two to three months on a subscription? And as many of my readers are on fixed income, I was planning to offer this at $5, but what do I offer for a higher tier? Monthly Q&A as I'm in the UK, book boxes might be pretty expensive. My advice is don't worry about higher tiers right now. If you want to launch one tier, you should launch the one tier. Your readers and their feedback will let you know about higher tiers. I do not recommend authors when they're starting their subscriptions, plan out book boxes and all their other higher tiers. Start small and grow into your fandom and into your community. I think $5 for what you're offering sounds perfectly reasonable. If they're getting an early art copy you know, every two to three months, that, that's great. And the Facebook-like community too that you want to give them exclusive access to, um, you know, that's something that Ream is built around you being able to deliver those arcs to your readers in a secure way where they can read it online, whether you want to give it to them chapter by chapter, or you could publish it all in one go. And it's a social e-reader that they can have conversations in. But there's also a separate community tab that we're doing a lot of work on the next few months before our public launch to basically make it like a mini Facebook group inside of Ream that you could have your paid readers in, but also your free readers in too, and also both. Um, so that'd be my answer to that one. Kelly says, I had thought about offering a $3 tier for a limited time for my current pen name readers as sort of an exclusive offer to follow me to my new pen. And then at my lowest tier be $5 for everyone else. Is there a way to do that in Ream? So you want to offer a $3 tier for a limited time to your current pen name readers, and then have your lowest tier be $5 for everyone else. Basically, I would use the archive feature. Um, what I would do is only announce it to your current pen name readers. Um, 
And you could either limit the tier two to almost ensure that, and then make it so that they join the tier, you archive it. And when you announce it to the rest of your readers, um, you would open that tier up at $5. And then the readers who got in early on your current pen name would be grandfathered in on the $3 plan. Elizabeth asks, um, this might be too specific a question for me and Amelia. I don't want to answer something I don't have a good answer to, but um, this is, is it better for fantasy to release 1500 words once a week or 3K every other week? I have my instincts, but I'm curious if you have something to offer there, Amelia. Um, I don't know as much about fantasy as, um, yeah, I, I'm mostly romance, but if we compare it to lit RPG, I don't, I honestly don't know how often the RPG is updating. I'm assuming it's once a week, um, but I could be wrong. And if you're doing it in serial, it, it depends on where you're releasing it to and who you're releasing it to. So if you're doing it on a serialized platform, like Railroad or Wattpad or any of like Tapas or whatever, um, I would see what's standard there. And at least what I've seen on Wattpad, um, 1,500 words is pretty standard, one per week. Um, but I think it's going to depend on where you're releasing um, and who you are releasing it to. For for fantasy readers, I want to give full credit to Pia um, in the Facebook group, who is a fantasy author and gives incredible advice. And she shared advice similar, um, ask, answering a similar question to this recently. And I apologize if she was answering your question and you wanted my advice, but I think my advice will be her advice which is that um, she suggested fantasy readers with a 1500 word chapter, it's more difficult to really get into the world building. If you're like in world building heavy fantasy, readers do want more longer chapters to really sink their teeth into. Therefore, 3K chapters is definitely better. And if you're able to release a 3K chapter every other week, then that's beautiful. Elizabeth also asked, this question, which is, is Ring meant to be a one-stop solution or other free sites like Wattpad Inc. It's still going to be part of the workflow. And then if Ream is a one-stop solution, is it worth trying to build an audience on those free sites or is it better to wait for Ream? What would you say, Amelia? I think we want to make it like a one-stop solution eventually, but it's going to take a long, it's going to take years, I think, to get to that point to have like native readers who are just reading on Ream. Um, and for me personally, I would never take out those free websites because that's where like the discovery happens. Um, like even though my business is centered around subscriptions and I'm trying to funnel people into um, my subscriptions and that's what I'm focusing on, I'm still on Amazon and I'm still on all the wide retailers because I use those as discovery. Um, and so I wouldn't take them out of the equation if you're if you're working on them currently. Um, if this is something new that you're trying to build up, um, that's a little bit different. And I would just say, it depends on how much time you're willing to devote to them. I, I wouldn't focus on all of them at once. Um, I would find one that you think will do very well for your audience and focus on building a fandom there. I think that's it's a wonderful response. The only, the only thing I'd add is that um, it really will take us a long time emphasizing that yeah. in the sense that you we, we on Ream want to be your home for your readers on another platform, another retailer, but your platform, that's where our motto is storytellers of the world. And it would be a really 
good idea for me and Amelia to drum up buzz about Reem to, to say, this is where you'll come and you'll find all the new fans and, you know, yes, join now. But that would be a promise that we aren't sure we could keep. And a lot of new platforms launch with that same promise and 99.9% .9 of them fail. So it would be a weird bet to take. Um, I mean, Amelia saying that that would work out for us. Um, and in the long run, we want to build an ecosystem. Of course, that could, that could do that, right? That would be, that would be in everyone's best interest, but it will take years. And it's something that I want everyone to take their time and get into subscriptions. And if you already have subscription, go at subscriptions at your own pace. Um, subscriptions aren't the kind of thing that if you don't get into it tomorrow, your your career's over or that this is a one-time wave. Subscriptions are a very long-term thing and a long-term trend in publishing that is only bolstered by new technologies like AI and the trend of direct selling over retailers and community over something that's becoming even more and more important. So don't think this is a a thing you have to get on right now. I don't have a course to sell you. Um, I want you to have a great career. And that's really it. Um, so as a new one to subscriptions, my background is Wattpad. What are some of the earmarks we can aim to see if we're on the right path or not? Based on your podcast, I made my entry tier $5 and simplicity made a second tier $10. I'm afraid to get overwhelmed, but I also look at what Amelia offers $5 and I'm like, why on earth will a reader subscribe to me over her. So I think you're probably referring to Amelia offers a lot of her backlist on her $5 tier and has been doing it for a very long time. So has a meaty backlist, but would you say your readers are subscribing for your backlist at the $5 tier, Amelia? No, they're subscribing for the con the new content I'm putting out. And actually like um, I have a huge backlist that I offer on my subscription, but I saw the most growth on my subscription when I was updating, like when I didn't have that big backlist, when I was just, I might've had like one, one book as a backlist, but then it was just updating another book consistently, like week, week from week, I was updating like one or two chapters a week, um, very short on Wattpad. And that was when I saw the most growth. So they're not coming over for my backlist. They're coming over for the current book that I'm publishing on Wattpad if that makes sense. And I, I would, I just want to say, I don't, when you're like, when you're doing subscriptions, it's really, it's really hard, like in any career, not to like compare yourself with other people, but especially with subscriptions, do not like, you shouldn't compare where I am right now to where you are um, when you start, or just like any compare yourself to anyone else, because you have a specific audience that likes your specific content and they will pay for your content and your community too. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah. It, I think that's, I think that's great. And it, this kind of ties into our next question, which is, do you think it's possible to do the Wattpad plus early access system as a $5 tier? If you only publish one chapter per week and for more context, this person's writing quirky, funny urban fantasy, which I like it. It's sweet, sweet, quirky, funny urban fantasy. I like it. Yeah, I think I think it can work. Um, we see authors do a lot of um, like some authors are doing one chapter a, a month. Um, I think it could definitely work. Um, and again, I think it's going to depend a lot on who your audience is and how you've like nurtured that relationship with them. And also, cliffhangers will be important on Wattpad. So, 
get your readers yes. off on a cliffhanger. And at the end of the chapter that you've last released on Wattpad, tell them, hey, if you want to read ahead to chapter 20, maybe you just finished chapter 16, because if you're releasing maybe one chapter a week, you're maybe a month ahead on your subscription. I'm just giving an example. You could technically write three months ahead on your subscription at a chapter a week, um, which if people are going, oh my God, this is mind numbing. What are you talking about? I will actually share right now the book, um, Subscription Starter Guide and chapter eight, I hope I'm remembering that correctly. I did write it, um, goes all through um, early access in detail and even um, courtesy of the community. Um, Sharon Coleman in specific has um, amazing graphics that show you this in real time. So how you can plan your own early access. Um, okay, let's keep going. Um, uh, presumably when your subscription is established, your process changes that your subscription members are step one in your publishing cycle, then stores. That's a question. Yes. For me personally? I think- oh. I think for you personally, answer it. Yeah. Yeah. For So I, my whole subscription is based off of early access. So yes, that's my subscribers are the first people who get access to my content. And then from there, it kind of like grows out to like Wattpad. And then after it's finished on Wattpad, it goes to the stores and then it goes into audio and then it goes on to like radish and serialized platforms, um, that you pay for, uh, so yeah, um, I would say subscriptions are kind of like step one in the in the process, at least for me. Yeah. I think that's what the question was. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and ultimately, if you're looking for one straight answer, um, that almost goes against what we're trying to do with subscriptions, which is help you build your own ecosystem as an author. So other people, their ecosystem will evolve over time, right? Like, you know, just like an ecosystem does in nature. It it evolves with changes in the outside world and, and it also evolves with changes that happen inside of it. So um, your subscription may start after you've already released on retailers. Your subscription may be the first thing you do and then you end up going in different areas. Your subscription may be the center of your business or it might be just a thing that people get merch or early access chapters on. You don't end up having a robust number of tiers. That isn't the place that you end up funneling the core of your readership to. Um, that's really up to you and what you think works best as you continue to learn and understand more about what works for you, what's your readers, and ultimately what you can offer in a subscription. Um, so what sort of thing would you have in a free tier? Um, well, you definitely wouldn't send out any physical goods. Um, that's one. Uh, I would think in a physical tier, um, you have two real options, right? So your free community is important. Giving a space for super fans, regardless of whether they pay you or not, to be able to connect with each other and to share their passion for your stories can be a great thing. And like we said, this is something we're going to be releasing on Reem very, very shortly. When it comes to other content, um, typically I don't see authors release bonus or exclusive content on a free tier, but they will after a certain period of time offer the books that they were offering early access to paid tiers to the free tier. What that looks like is maybe chapters one through 10 release in you know the spring to your paid tiers and they release in the fall to your free tier. Just an example. Are there, subscribe, are there subscribers able to download the content? Should we worry about piracy? Um, Anna, great question. I think we already answered this about Ream and, and no worries because you, you we're going back on the questions. Um, so 
in short, um, we don't allow people to download things on Ream. Um, piracy has been something just across the board, no matter where authors have their subscriptions. If it's your paid subscribers, it seems to be less of a thing on free platforms. There's definitely, you know, piracy can be a thing, but generally my advice is if you're worried about pirates all the time, um, you know, you probably should focus on the readers who want to pay and who want to support you. Uh, the pirates are never going to, in the long run, be able to do what you're doing better than you and build a better community than you. That isn't to say that if you find pirated content online, especially on an established site, contact them and have it take it down. But there's plenty of sites that avoid and don't care about DMCA and that pirates can post on. And honestly, like I would take it as a sign of flattery. Like someone wanted to steal your book enough, like they, they care about your book enough to steal it. And I've actually talked to some of these pirates They're They're not the kind of people who, um, you know, will ever pay for your books, put it that way. A lot of them feel like um, they always, even though this is half the time not true, they feel like they're ripping off a rich Western author who has the money anyways and doesn't need more of it. That That is a lot of times the attitude. I don't want to put all pirates into the same camp. There are some other reasons people pirate books, but these like, websites that are doing it at like a scale are, you know, malicious to put it lightly. So I, I wouldn't spend time worrying about them. Um, what was the subscription rate she charged for one chapter per month? I think we covered that one already. Um, what about backlist? Would new readers pay a subscription when they can buy the book at an ebook store or you just offer extra and bonus content for fans who already read your books? Um, so, so like, just your backlist you're offering on your subscription? Basically, she the question is, would you would a, why would a reader pay for um, access to your backlist when they could just buy it on an ebook retailer? So they could. Um, like they could buy it if they want to. Uh, at least for me personally, and a lot of people who have their backlist on a subscription platform, it's gonna be a lot cheaper. So I, I don't remember who else it was who had their whole entire backlist on, on their subscription, but I have my whole entire backlist on my $5 tier. So technically, if somebody wanted to come in and read all of my books in one, in one month at $5, they could. Um, but chances are, if they're going to read all of my books and really, could really sit down and read them all in one month, they probably really like my content. Um, and hopefully they'll start reading the books that I'm updating that month and they'll stay, they'll stick around. Um, but they could, they could definitely just go and buy your books and that's a sale for you. Um, I don't see anything like wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question at all. <laughs> I think it, I think it does. And I think Anna, when you say like, should you just offer exclusive bonus content? This is something that I actually heard an author coin yesterday and Ream office hours I believe actually maybe it was you, Ashling, who's here. And if it wasn't you, then maybe you remember who it is. Um, but they said the word extended access. And I was like, ooh, I love this. And what it means is that you offer, yeah, it was you actually, because you had the yeah. spreadsheet that was really cool and that I hope you sent me sometime just because it's so cool. Anyways, um, basically, extended access is the idea that you could, as an author, give early access to your readers where they get it three months ahead of time, but then eventually the book is off your subscription. It's not going to be there anymore. A lot of lit RPG authors do this because they publish an Amazon Kindle Unlimited. And if y'all know about KU, you cannot be in KU and anywhere else. That's not, doesn't buy. So that's what they do. And all these ongoing serials that are like hundreds and hundreds of chapters long that they bundle eventually into a completed book, like after maybe a hundred chapters or so. And 
then they'll keep on their subscription site live, maybe 50 to hundred given chapters at a time. And what you could do extended access, this idea is that you could actually choose to only offer chapters in your subscription for the month that you wrote them in. And then at a higher tier offer access to chapters that you wrote in prior months too. There's unlimited freedom in this model. What I encourage you as an author, instead of trying to figure out the perfect model from day one is to instead figure out where can you start and then iterate and make changes over time. It's not about getting the perfect model because once you get into subscriptions, you realize that there's so much more freedom and flexibility than probably anywhere else in the writing world. Um, Vicky asked, can I sell one-off books, uh, eBooks via Ream for those who don't want to be on a subscription? Not at the moment. And uh, we're really focused on you know paid subscriptions at the moment. Uh, we really want to do that right. We really want to launch that right and really focus all of our efforts on serving our subscription authors. Um, you can definitely imagine uh, a future where that would become a good idea for us. And we certainly have plans for that, but I wouldn't wouldn't consider that in the near future. Um, and although I am sorry about that, I wish we could offer that, but we really want to focus on um, building a really strong foundation for what we're doing here around community and membership. And you know, a la carte ebook sales are part of that at some point. Um, but not in the near future. Um, is it better to put a member limit on tiers or just archive when it reaches that number? Uh, if you, it depends on what you're using archiving for. So if you're using archiving to change your tier pricing uh, uh, or slowly discontinue a tier, then you might not even know you want to limit members in a tier. You might eventually be like one day, oh, I want to archive this. Now, I honestly don't, think, um, you know, limiting a member in a tier is best when you want to create FOMO, right? So if you're trying to create FOMO and people be like, oh, I have to be part of this because only 10 people get this, then that's great. But I don't necessarily see a need to archive the tier because if it hits its limit, people might subscribe, unsubscribe from it and then want to resubscribe later. So you continuing to have that viewable on your public page makes it so that if someone unsubscribes, someone new can see that and then subscribe. Um, and by the way, just a quick call out to everyone. There's been a ton of questions, which is amazing. We're super happy about this. But any new questions that are asked out after like the next minute or two, uh, we won't be able to get to. Um, I, I do want to sit here because y'all are here and gave us your time and answer all these questions. Um, uh, so the next one is from Don. I gave my email at, uh, address at 20 Books Vegas. Did this get me on the list for an invite? It did. I think I remember your name. I have to check and see. Um, if you already were sent your invite, because there has been some authors who it's been sent to their spam inbox. So I'll follow up with you and let you know um, when you're going to receive your invite, if you haven't yet. And if you somehow have, and it didn't make it to you, I will, I will let you know. Most authors have not received their invite to Ream. We um, invited about 12% of our waitlist at the moment. Um, and our next batch of invites go out on Wednesday. Um, will there be an option for one-time purchases? Okay. Yeah, that that's great, Darby. Um, I think we already answered that, which is it's an awesome question. Um, uh, like if you want to offer signed copies for physical copy. Yeah, I think if I think that's definitely like something we want to do at some point, without a doubt. Um, then have you ever written a story where your readers vote on where to go next? Um, me personally, uh, no, but because um, Mainly, I like writing what I like to write, and um, but I do let my audience kind of comment um, after each chapter and say like, "Hey, like 
what if this happened and what if this happened? And sometimes I'll like take the idea and kind of run with it and see where it goes like in my head. And if it goes in a, in a cool place um, that I, I could possibly write a scenario like that. Um, but I think that would be a pretty cool idea to test out if you're if you're thinking about doing a subscription and you want your audience to really jump in there and be part of it. I think that'd be really cool. I think it's a great idea. And it's something that I, I know authors have done successfully. I'll give you an example that isn't related to books, but is related to an awesome book that I read called Fans First, which I've been kind of peddling around because it's an awesome book. Uh, it's about the Savannah Bananas and how they grew this unique baseball team that uh, has basically invented a new game of baseball that puts fans first and tries to make it more exciting. And it's done incredibly well. Like they sell out every game and have a wait list of uh, over 100,000 people to get tickets. And um, they want fans to feel part of the game. They want fans to feel special. So one of the rules is that if fans catch a fly ball, it's an out. And I don't know how familiar people are with baseball, but if there is a fly ball, you would never have a fan catch it and have it be an out. So you can see if you make your fans feel special and a part of what you're doing, it can be beneficial. Um, so yeah, the psychology would say it's a good idea. Um, so then another question is with Reem, uh, can I do a giveaway of one of my tiers, one where they wouldn't be expected to put in a credit card unless they want to subscribe when the giveaway ends? Um, not at the moment, uh, that's something, um, that we could think about, um, we'll, we'll probably be rolling out free trials soon. Um, and there will be like a free community feature, but, uh, it's with the, with the giveaway and subscriptions, I think if we were to get into a la carte book sales, we can do giveaways for a la carte book sales. Um, we'll see about a giveaway for subscriptions. We'll see how many people request that. Um, and that could be something we think about. It's, it's a good idea. Um, does Amelia pay an artist to create the artwork or, um, or does she do it herself? I pay someone cause I can't, I can't draw. <laughs> I wish. Is there a way to temporarily discount a tiered offer promo? Not at the moment, but it is something we will do. Um, it can be good to run a promo around the holidays or something like that. Um, um, <clears throat> well, is, Sib, I agree that her weekly offering in terms of Amelia is a lot, but if you look at Amelia's subscription, she's offering roughly like 10 chapters a week and there are a thousand words, which is 10,000 words a week. And that, that does sound like a lot. And it is if you're writing like half a million words in a year, but I will just say that many, many authors who are making full-time living, right. That much, if not a lot more than that. Um, and you know, back when I was like, I run Ream now, but back when I was doing books full-time, I was writing about 80 to 90,000 words a month, which was a lot, but that's like, this is what a lot of writers do. We write. So, I mean, one thing to think about, it's not like 10, 50,000 word chapters, right? Or five, 10, sorry, 5,000 word chapters. They're, they're shorter chapters. Um, so don't, don't get too intimidated by that. And don't think that you have to write 10 chapters a week. Like we already said, there's people writing a chapter a month and being successful in subscriptions. So that's just Amelia's writing cadence. Um, Sherlock's home was first in enjoyed serialized form. So it's interesting that mystery isn't so common in subs. Okay, that's a great question. So she's saying Sherlock Holmes um, was serialized and why why is it not common in subscriptions? Um, I think it's less of a, it's more of a, of a market like timing thing. Um, typically audience for mystery and thrillers are older. They're above the age of 40, typically. I'm generalizing, of course. Um, a lot of times, actually, now the, the younger audience who's experiencing thrillers is listening to it in serialized audio podcast form, which I didn't include 
audio podcasters in this list, but they are huge in subscriptions. So um, I guess my answer to you would be that as the subscription market evolves, we'll likely see new genres do well. If we were talking about three years ago, there wouldn't be a top 500 fiction author in subscription list. Um, do you have authors using AI voices for audiobooks or are they pro voice actors? Do subscribers like the author to read it if the quality isn't perfect? All three I've seen authors do. We allow all three on Vream because it's your content. It's your platform. Um, I I don't have a personal preference. I'm a huge audiobook listener. I I think that um, from, from an enjoyment perspective, certainly a professional is probably best. And I say that as being a big audiobook listener. Um, but I, I do think there's an intimacy to um, an author reading it. And when it comes to AI, um, it's gotten better. It's gotten tolerable. And I think that, you know, if, if that's what you can afford to do with your time and money, um, that can be an option. I don't want to judge how you run your business, um, and, and what's best for you, but there are options, authors doing all of them. Um, does the book talk about how to introduce, and when she mentions books, um, she means, uh, descriptions for author starter guide, um, readers, the idea of subscriptions, like explaining how that supports you directly. So you can keep writing. I want to introduce the concept of subscriptions in my next newsletter and perhaps do a poll to gauge interest. Yes. In fact, there's something inside of it called the subscriptions for authors manifesto, which is designed to help you copy and paste and send to your readers that you are able to edit. And it's about 200 words, so it's short, but it shares exactly why subscriptions are important for readers and not just you as an author. Um, then thank you. Okay. Okay. I think that was all the questions. Um, wow, that's a speed run. That was fun. Um, thank you in the chat, by the way. Thank you so much. I'm looking at those right now. Um, we will see y'all soon. Um, we'll be back next month, um, for another fireside chat. And this week in the Facebook group, I have a poll going out. I'm going to let y'all vote for the next fireside chat. We have a lot of ideas, but I was like, let's do a vote. Let's see what people want. So, um, we're going to be doing our own little choose our own adventure. Um, so look out for that in the Facebook group. Would love your feedback. And Whatever y'all decide will be what we talk about next month. Because if you don't know, we create an original presentation each month. So yeah, that's, that's it. Um, I hope you'll have an amazing day. Um, thank you so much for being a part of this community. I think we're all at the beginning and the forefront of a really interesting movement in, in publishing that puts readers first and storytellers in control, which is why our motto is storytellers for the world. Thank you, everyone. Have an amazing weekend. And we'll send out the recording shortly. Bye.